Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 67. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hi, Fire Nation. Before we kick off, I want to let you guys know that I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary, are you prepared to ignite? Born to ignite, my friend. I love it. Gary is the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author who is also a self-trained wine and social media expert. From a young age, it was clear that Gary was a businessman. At eight years old, he was operating seven lemonade stands in his neighborhood, and by 10, he had moved on to selling baseball cards at local malls. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Gary, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, and then tell us a little bit about your business, what you have going on right now. Sure. Thanks, John. Um, first of all, I just want to uh, thank anybody who's listening to this. Uh, it's funny. I grew up an entrepreneur and would remember that word when I was a kid. I'm 37 now um, and believe that being an entrepreneur was the best thing. But back when I was a kid and even up until like, let's say five to seven years ago, being an entrepreneur was almost like a loser. It kind of meant that you had seven things going on, but not really. And you lived right. on the beach. It's amazing to see an entrepreneur become this new thing that is something that I've always associated with. And so Again, thank you for supporting John, who I think is creating a platform for entrepreneur stories. Storytelling is the game, and so I'm flattered to be on. John, um, I uh, yeah, I mean, lemonade stands, baseball cards, making thousands of dollars a weekend when I was 12, failing my classes because I didn't give a sh- Oh, John, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? We'll try to stay away from as much as possible. I'll, I'll bleep that out, but we're cool. Cool. Um, and so, um, you know, I definitely was very focused on selling stuff, you know, and uh, got dragged into my dad's liquor store when I was 14 and uh, fell in love with wine when I was 16 and decided I wanted to build the biggest wine shop in the uh, world and a hundred of them, 500 of them. Later, the internet is something that came across my life and realized I didn't have to open up 600 stores. Launched winelibrary.com when I was, uh, when I was uh, in 1996, so 21. Um, built winelibrary.com and Wine Library the store from a three to a $60 million business in a six year period. And, uh, and then started Wine Library TV in 2006, which was a daily wine video blog that created a lot of notoriety and internet fame for me. Used Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and things of that nature to build up that fame. And that led to me to writing books about business, which led to brands asking me about this stuff in 07, 08. And in 09, I officially launched Vayner Media, social media agency that uh, I now run with my brother um, and 200-person firm and uh, building a big business. And one day you're going to own the New York Jets. Yes. So thank you, uh, John. <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, my big goal is to buy the New York Jets. I've done some angel investing and other investing in the last several years, and I've done quite well with things like Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. So um, I feel ambitious and uh, opportunistic, and so I'm excited about it all. 
Awesome, Gary. Well, I'm excited to continue delving into your journey. But before we do, I love starting off Entrepreneur on Fire with a success goal because it really gets that motivational ball rolling and gets Fire Nation pumped up for the rest of the content that you have for us. So what's your mantra? What's your success goal that you have for us today? You know, for me, John, I think there's one video I made. I made, you know, 1,100 wine videos and probably five, you know, three, 400 business videos and all my keynotes and interviews are on YouTube. Um, The one that sticks to me, the one if you said if nothing could be on the internet but one thing would definitely be the video I made called Legacy is Greater Than Currency. Um, I make all my business decisions based on will I be looked back at somebody who was smart and, and good and really a winner, not how much money I'm going to make. And I think everybody's playing the short game and I'm playing the long game. And so while everybody's going to business with putters, I'm going with a driver, you know? And so to me, this is long-term. This is marathon thinking, not sprinting. I'm training for a marathon. It's endurance. It's relationship. It's not about the quick score, the quick close. That's great stuff, Gary. And I also love the fact that you are just all about the journey. You're all about the story. You've already alluded to that before. And That's why I created Entrepreneur on Fire, because I wanted to give entrepreneurs like you a medium, a platform to share your amazing journey. So let's go back to a point in your journey where you actually failed or you came against an obstacle or a challenge that you just had to really dig deep and overcome. And then take us through how you did overcome that obstacle. You know, it's funny, John. I don't think in very local terms, again, back to the sprinting uh, marathon metaphor, I don't really know. I think my biggest hurdle that was very obvious to me was being an F student in high school, you know, where being 14, 15, 16, even though I had a lot of bravado and confidence and ego, it wasn't mature enough to be my complete foundation. And I struggled when parents or teachers thought I was a loser or um, just not going to be successful. It weighed on me. It's a, a chapter when I think I cared what people thought. And, you know, society teaches you that your school grades have an impact. I was just so confident that it wouldn't for me, but it was still hard. It was a challenge when my friends were getting into good colleges and I wasn't and things of that nature. So my youth was a little bit of a challenge. I would say my challenge of, you know, I grew a family business and, you know, my dad and I barely agreed on anything. So the challenge of, you know, the arguments and all those things was was difficult at times. It was a day-to-day battle. Both of us highly emotional and highly competitive and highly into it. Um, and then ultimately probably my biggest goal, which is I don't let things come easy to me, meaning I put a lot on my own shoulders. I don't expect enough from the people around me or um, or create a situation where they can help. And so I not that I've micromanaged because I haven't, but at the highest level, I think I've micromanaged, put a lot on my shoulders, and that's creating a lack of upside. You know, I don't think of building the platform. I think about executing within the platform, and I think that's small thinking, and I need to challenge myself, and that continues to be a battle. I think about so much is on me, and I need to figure out how to make it less about me, and that's one of the biggest reasons I'm building VaynerMedia. I feel like I'm building a company that is a, is executing the kind of things that I believe in, and then I have it as an asset to build bigger things for me in the future. Those are just powerful insights, Gary. And one thing as entrepreneurs, when we start out, we at some point hit a wall. We either need to find out how to climb over that wall to continue or to pivot and to get around that wall in some other manner. Have you ever hit a wall at some point in VaynerMedia or even a venture before that when most people would have given up and people actually maybe were telling you to give up and you didn't and you kept striving for it? Take us through that. On a local level, I I think we all hit walls on and daily 
weekly, monthly level. I've never hit a wall on a global level except maybe one really difficult argument with my dad where I was like, I don't know if I wanna still do this. Um, and then the love for my father trumped those feelings. Um, but other than that, you know, listen, I, I only started operating VaynerMedia 15 months ago, September of 2011. Prior to that, it was AJ's show through and through. I mean, I did the selling and got us clients, but AJ was really executing miraculously given his youth and <laughs> greenness. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I thought about selling Vayner and things of that nature, but um, never, never really wavered as can I do this from a talent standpoint or like putting money in the bank ever at Wine Library or Vayner Media. It's been more emotional family dynamics or do I really want to do this? When it comes to like, I've thought about do I want to play that game in life? But once I play that game, I win. Absolutely. And Gary, having read your book, Crush It, and just followed you for quite some time now, you are just that kind of person that has aha moments so often. You're having these little inspirations that are just inspiring you, that are moving you forward, that are just making you pivot your business and change directions. Can you take us back to some point when you really just had this massive light bulb that just went off and it just clicked and you said, wow, this needs to happen. And then take us through how you turned that light bulb moment into success. That's a great question. I think um, you're right. That's happened to me quite a bit. I remember working with the developers of my website in 1998, and we we're starting to starting to see like people were actually buying things on the web. And I said, to, I had an aha moment, thinking I have to hire these guys. Now remember, this is 1998, 1999. It's a little bit closer to 2000. Let's call it 2000. This is 12 years ago. Um, John, how old are you? I'm 33, Gary. Right. So think about your 21, think about your 21st birthday, right? It's not that long ago, but it's long ago, right? It's, um, it's 12 years ago and I have to convince my dad, this is a family liquor store business in New Jersey, pre-cell phones, pre-mobile devices, you know, cell phones that had mobile, let's go, like, that had internet, right. pre-most people believing that they wanted to put a credit card into a computer, pre-Amazon dominating, pre tablets, pre-Facebook, pre-YouTube, pre-Twitter, you know, Twitter, pre-Google AdWords being a real force. This is a long time ago in essence. And I'm convincing my dad that we have to hire a full-time computer developer for our local liquor store. Yeah. So that was a big aha. Like we were going to be a computer company and I don't think people understood it. Just the same way I feel everybody's a content company now and they don't really understand it. Um, and so um, that aha moment was big and I really battled my dad. I, I said things like, I'll take my salary, but I need this. And so um, that was a battle. Uh, VaynerMedia, 12 months ago when I realized, wait a minute, this is about the micro content. This is about the actual content in these social networks. And then pivoting from a community management company to becoming a content company. It's been painful and it's been aggressive and it's been fast and it's been intense, but it's really paying off dividends. So Gary, throughout your journey, have you had an I've made it moment? Uh, yeah, a couple. I would say a couple. Uh, I would say that uh, in the liquor business, there's a magazine internal called Market Watch, which has a retailer of the year thing. And I always wanted to be on it for Wine Library. And I made it as the youngest person ever when I was 27. That wow. was a big, I made it moment that me and my dad were being recognized as the best retailers in the country. That really mattered. Uh, I would say that in that same year or maybe a, a year later when I was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal and they had the sketch, that was a little vain, aha, I made it moment. That was fun. But the truth is, John, I think I've made it a long time ago because of how I got parented and who, what my DNA is. 
I, the only thing I really professionally want to accomplish is buying the New York Jets. Um, and so I guess I never really have the big aha, you know, like I made it moment until that happens. On the flip side, you know, to give you a little bit of a scoop, John, which I don't talk a lot about. Awesome. And so give you a little something that I haven't given other places. Truth be told, I really don't give a crap if I buy the Jets, right? It's the climb that I, you know, there's a dirty secret that's starting to go around my family and friends, which is that I don't want the Jets to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I've been thinking a lot about it lately because I think it's true and it's because of who I am. I love the journey much more than the actual event. And so I'm actually worried that the day after buying the New York Jets will be the worst day of my life because I'll be like, really? Like, now what, you know? And I guess it's gonna be winning Super Bowls, but the psyche of me is I'm wired to for the long term, the legacy, and the journey, um, not the actual thing. Have you ever been able to have a conversation with Mark Cuban about his experience buying the Dallas Mavericks, taking them to a championship, winning the championship? So he's gone through all of those things. Yeah, I haven't. And um, I've never really sought him out. We've, we've interacted a couple times at South by Southwest. I don't know him super well. Um, I have friends who do and are always like, you should have dinner with Mark. You know, I'm kind of funny. Mark Cuban, in a way, remind, you know, one, I don't look up to Mark. I mean, he's done what I want to do. But, and by the way, I love his bravado. And I, it's not that I don't look up to him because I don't think he's successful or I don't like his style. I actually love his brashness. I'll probably end up being very similar on that stage. Um, I just don't. And so I don't have any real passion to meet him. Um, and so... And I'm competitive with him, right? In a weird right. way. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't like, I'm not the kind of guy that gets any juices going from somebody saying, you can do it and this is how I do it. There's, I'd like to, you know, it'd be fun to do business with him if it's a business objective, but there's no, I don't, I'm not inspired externally, John. No, I get it. I just think it'd be really interesting to know that Mark Cuban, who's a very type A personality, who's had success and he has had, he's, done it. he's had, I've made it moments on so many levels and yeah. he's already gone through kind of what you're looking to potentially yeah. go through. I'd be curious and, you know, to and see. And you know what's so funny? My lack of wanting to meet him probably speaks to how little I really do care about buying the sports franchise, you know? Right. Right. Um, That's interesting. And, and as a matter of fact, I probably look down on him and the fact that he accomplished it so fast. The journey's the game. You know, the journey is so, I'm so into the goddamn journey, John. No, I love that, Gary. And that's exactly why I asked this question about the I've made a moment, because I always get different answers from every single entrepreneur. Some entrepreneurs say, John, I have an I've made a moment every single day. Other entrepreneurs say, John, I will never have an I've made a moment because that will denote the end of my journey. And for me, yeah. It's somewhere in the middle. It's like you need to appreciate and celebrate these milestones. You know what, John? I think I'm a contradiction. I've been thinking about long term, like what am I going to call my autobiography? Because that's kind of yeah. the character that I am. Right, right. <laughs> um, and I think about calling it like the bridge because I think I'm very different um, and very polar opposite, but evenly within myself. Meaning on a basketball court, John, and this is true. If I'm playing you in basketball and you told me before we got there and we became, and we were, became good friends off of this and like became dear friends and knew each other for 10 years and played basketball and you told me, oh, Gary, last week I really hurt my knee so I got to be careful. I'm like, cool. I literally would use that against you on a basketball court in a real way that would probably be appalling to most people listening. <laughs> At the same token, if you emailed me today and said, I need $3,000 because I have a real bad issue with my car and we barely know each other, I might give it to you. Not always because I get asked a lot and that's just the world. So like, I'm a funny dude. Like I want to kill everybody and I want to love everybody, right? I want to beat you, but I want to be your best friend. I 
I care so much what people think of me and you'll never meet anybody who cares less of what people think of me. You know, and so I'm a contradiction. You're a walking contradiction, Gary, and that's part of what people love about you. That's part of what, why they love your books and your content because you are just a contradiction of sorts and people never know what they're going to get and people love the surprise, the unopened gift. I genuinely care about people, but I know that business is business. I will try so hard to over-engage, but I respect that, you know, that I can't with everybody. I genuinely love people, which is a, which if you ask me is probably dramatically more why people like me, because deep down at the end of the day, push comes to shove, there's a lot of people that find me too much and will think I'm a wanker, but when they get to know me will like me. And as long as I'm winning it in a place where people really know who I am, they like me, I'm gonna win that game long term. I really, like I try to fix my mistakes. Um, you know, there's, you know, I'm just, I'm just, there's a couple of people who used to work at VaynerMedia who aren't happy with me or their experience at Vayner. I'm grossly trying to reach out to them. Like, you know, it's just how I roll, you know? Nope. And I love your straightforwardness and I love your vision. So on that note, Gary, let's talk about your current business right now. You have so yep. many things going on. What are a couple of things that are just really exciting you right now? Well, you know, it's funny. VaynerMedia never spoke to me because it was client services and I don't like the business model of client services, right? You don't get a big return on your sale if you ever wanted to sell the company. It's very human-based, which is tough to manage. Um, it's just a very difficult business. Um, but what's exciting me is we're finding our groove, and I think we're, we're, we're teaching corporate America and Fortune 100s and 500s that there's a lot of opportunity to storytell in a different way. I love when the world's changing, and I love to try to be first in executing the proper way to win in that changing world. I think VaynerMedia and producing content native to Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, is doing an amazing job at that, and that's exciting me tremendously. So my work at VaynerMedia is exciting me. I'm, uh, I'm starting to work on a new book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. I'm very excited about that. That's the thesis of the work we're doing here. Um, and, uh, and, and other than that, I've been shockingly focused on, on, on Vayner. I continue to explore TV opportunities because I think it's an important platform. I continue to invest. I made an investment in a company called Rebel Mouse that I'm obsessed with, that I think is incredible. Um, you know, and so that's kind of some of the top line thinking. That's great stuff. Have you settled on a cover for jab, 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 jab hook? No, not even, not even remotely close. When you were saying that, I don't know why, you know, we're both in our thirties, so this might resonate with you, this might not, but I was just picturing Mike Tyson's punch <laughs> and little Mikey there. Yeah. That little guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not sure if I want to pay for the licensing rights to that. But. Oh, that's true. You know, it's it's definitely it's definitely something I'm excited about. Just that counterpunch when you hit the star button, you just ah, oh, I love that. It's the best. <laughs> so, Gary, what is your vision for the future? What is one thing that you're just really excited about over the horizon? Um, mobile payments excites me. The fact that we're all that credit cards are going to be gone and we'll all be paying with our mobile device. I'm very into that. I think that's super interesting oh, and it has a big impact. I think things like Google Glasses. Uh, semantic web where there's technology layered on all our products, not just our phone, right? So, and our television, but like when our refrigerator is a smart refrigerator or when our jeans, I mean, can you imagine a world, John, where your jeans are telling you to lose weight because they feel more friction against them? <laughs> I love that. And I think that world's coming. So I'm into that. Um, I'm into mobile retail. I've been thinking a lot about launching a wine app that sells on mobile devices only and is very native to mobile and is very customer friendly. So mobile selling, mobile, 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 smart world, you know, um, and, uh, 
and and just the the heavy influence of digital natives in society that when the people right now that are 19 to 13 become 28 to 50 and become the market that impact on the economy is going to be incredible and society Man, I would just love to pick your brain about the future for the next hour, but I promised that I would keep this interview at 25 minutes for you. So we're going to move in to the final topic, the final round, which is called the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, Gary. You come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Let's do it, my man. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Absolutely nothing. I mean, enormous props to my mom for being a Russian immigrant where all her other contemporary friends were pounding their kids on education as the way to make money in America and the way out and her supporting me being an entrepreneur. Love it. What is the best business advice you ever received? Uh, From my dad, hands down, he said, if you buy it, you buy it. Word is bond. Yes. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Communication. Um, forcing my employees to email less and go and see each other and talk face-to-face more often and meet speaking to people throughout the organization top to bottom. Awesome stuff, Gary. And you've already mentioned a number of cool things like Google Glasses and the such, but do you have an internet resource like an Evernote, like a Google Glasses that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? No, I'm actually really bad at utility and using those things as an advantage. There was an app called Clear that I thought was going to be great for me to take random notes, but I haven't used it. I'm actually quite bad at making tools better for me. Um, So the answer is no. Do you want to take a couple seconds? And you said there was a company that you're really passionate about that you just had invested in. Rebel Mouse? Yeah. Yeah. Rebel Mouse is interesting. So I believe in micro content. I believe that the pictures you put out on Instagram, the animated GIFs you make on Tumblr, the 140 character words you put on Twitter, the anything you want basically on Facebook that you put out, that all these pieces of content are really valuable and really matter. And that the way to storytell in the future is not through articles or TV shows or billboards or radio spots, but they're going to be in through things like this, through the mobile device. I really think that Rebel Mouse becoming a place where this all gets curated to, and then you can, on top of that, look at the analytics and also change the titles and really act like a publisher or editor, has the chance to become the default homepage for most people in the world, or something like it. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Wow. Well, Gary, your books are going to be linked up on the show notes page of this episode. If you could recommend another book to Fire Nation, what would it be? Uh, this is going to make me seem like such a bag. Um, <laughs> I really don't read. Um, I've read 11 books in my life. So what I would tell Fire Nation is to do is to read adage.com and techmeme.com every day because they'll give you an insight to how big business works and a, and an insight to like what's happening in merging tech. And I think that whether you're an entrepreneur, small business, or big business – Understanding how big business thinks and understanding what's going on with emerging tech, the big and the small, is a good counterintuitive bridge contradiction that builds strength. So Gary, this is the last question, but it's kind of tricky and it's my favorite. So take your time, digest it, then come back at Fire Nation with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? 
I would make a YouTube video saying that I'm a man who was just dropped from another world. <laughs> I love it. And, and I'm now in your world. From this other world that I come from, it's all the same stuff. So I fully expect this video on YouTube to go ridiculously viral because I may be the first ever alien and please don't kill me. Let's all become friends and let me tell you about my experiences. And uh, I would fully expect that video to have 400 million views by the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. And what's so funny is you are the 115th interview on Entrepreneur on Fire that I've personally done. Every time I've asked this question, you're the first person who's tried to leverage that newness. <laughs> and it's is just that right? so It's so obvious. I mean, that would be so viral. It'd be ridiculous. Oh my God. Could you imagine, John, if we hung up right now and like later today, there's like, uh, there's an alien video on YouTube. Like every, per I mean, you think a lot of people saw Gangnam Style? That thing would have 500 million views <laughs> by the end of the day. Oh, it's so true, Gary. Listen, that is awesome actionable advice. And you've given us some incredible action advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. You know, guys, I don't know what to say, but when you're 85, you're not going to care how much cash you made. You're going to care about how you made that cash. So please think about legacy. Love the legacy. And where can we find you, Gary? Yeah, I would say everybody here, like, please hit me up on facebook.com slash Gary, G-A-R-Y, and on Twitter, G-A-R-Y-V-E-E, -E, Gary V. Love it, Gary. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your knowledge. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, Johnny. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads a month Entrepreneur on Fire generates? Chris Brogan did, and when he sponsored an episode, he saw great results. If you'd like to have 15 seconds at the top of one of our shows to share your product or message, go to www.sponsoreofire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.